around the NFL. We're now joined the sports zone by Eric Edholm of NFL Media. Eric, always good to have you on the show. Uh, one of our poll questions today is, should the Bears trade Justin Fields and select Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams with the uh, first pick of the draft? Um, I want to break this down a little bit, uh, you know, as far as you know, more than just the one question here. Um, let, let's start with this. What do you think would be uh, – actually, let me rephrase this. Who should be the best trade partner? Who do you think is the best trade partner – for the Bears with Justin Fields if they do trade him? Yeah, I think there are three teams that, at least to me, kind of kind of stand out as, as strong possibilities. Uh, one would be the Atlanta Falcons. You know, he's a Georgia kid, so there's a nice little regional uh, element to it. But more than that, I mean, just kind of the setup of the offense, a good, really good run-blocking offensive line. Um, you know, they take B. John Robinson last year, Drake London the year before, Kyle Pitts. You know, they've had some you – know, they have some nice weapons there, but they haven't been able to put it all together. And, you know, I think Fields is just a more advanced player right now than, than what we saw out of Desmond Ritter. Maybe not a massive step up, but an improvement. And, you know, you, that you sort of put him in that spot on a turf field, and I think it looks pretty good. Strong defense you know, winnable division. It's a nice spot. We've heard Pittsburgh as a possibility. You know, Mike Tomlin's supposedly enamored with fields and, you know, as somebody who could come in and, you know, I guess you'd say compete with Kenny Pickett. Although, you know, if you trade for a quarterback and, and likely have to give up multiple picks to do so, not first rounders, but, but multiple picks, I would guess, um, you know, you'd imagine who, who the favorite might be at that point. Uh, based on what we've seen from Pickett and, and Fields to this point, you know, another team that can, you know, has multiple weapons and I think a pretty good setup there as well, improved offensive line. Um, New England Patriots, I think, have to be on the list just because they don't have one right now. Um, at least not a realistic option. You know, we saw Mac Jones and, and Bailey Zappi last year. I suspect that with a with a coaching change and plenty of assets, they're going to pursue a quarterback it could be through the draft but you know if they're not enamored with the 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 possibility of picking third and and maybe having to choose Jaden Daniels over you know either Caleb Williams or Drake May you know they might just say hey let's let's go that route and maybe consider Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three or trading out of that spot to a quarterback needy team like the Giants or whoever so you know there's there, there are a number of other teams that could be in the mix, but I think those are the three that kind of make the most sense to me. Okay, so let's take this a step further. Do you think that they actually should trade Justin Fields? I mean, it, from a financial standpoint, it makes sense. And if the Bears don't have conviction that, that Fields is going to lead them to a Super Bowl with all the assets they have, right? I mean, they're in an unusual situation right now where, you know, the the pick that they got for – uh, trading number one ended up being number one. And, you know, it just doesn't happen. I just don't know if you can picture Ryan Poles passing on a quarterback with the top spot two years in a row. We always talk about GMs and, you know, it's almost like athletic directors with, with college coaches, you know, like GMs want their quarterback. I'm obviously, if you inherit a great quarterback, you're not going to try to run them off, but you know, I think Fields is in that, that nether region in between, you know, replaceable and pro bowl. Like, I mean, he's, he's good enough to start and, and had them kind of rolling for a little bit once he got back into the lineup last year. But, 
you know, losing twice to Green Bay, finishing the season on a down note, inheriting this incredible pick and having another choice at number nine. I mean, you can set up the franchise for, for the next decade if you get this pick right. And, you know, save yourself salary-wise, too, because Fields is extension eligible this offseason. They're going to make a decision on his uh, fifth-year option one way or the other, I would assume. So, you know, it just it makes sense that this is the time to do it, especially in a more quarterback-rich draft, even as well as C.J. Stroud played a year ago. I think if, you know, if, if people were honest with you in the NFL, they would say this is a, a better crop of quarterbacks than what we had in last year's draft. So if the Bears do trade him, I've never understood this this draft trade you know, trade chart and so forth. You know, help me with that. But what, what would they? What should they expect to get in return for Justin Fields? Yeah, I think it's. I, I think you could see a day two pick this year, and then a conditional pick in in twenty twenty five, based on how he plays. You know, number of starts, touchdown passes. However, you want to. You know sort of work the trade to your favor touchdowns accounted for what have you percentage of playing time we've seen it in different ways but um yeah i mean i would if i had to guess that's that's probably what it's going to be it's not going to be a first round pick you know there you have to you're basically taking fields on for a year and then deciding whether you want to pay him you know that comes with opportunity but also risk too what if he's not the guy what if you decide he isn't going to you know going to be your future franchise quarterback so teams will I think lowball the Bears but there are enough teams involved to where it should be a fairly solid haul the Bears don't have a second round pick I know they badly want to get one I don't know if they will get a high second rounder for Fields. so it depends on the team that's there and you know what the offers are but I if I had to guess I would say two day three picks the second one being a condition conditional Okay, so day let's two, say they trade. Me, not day three, yeah. Okay, so if they trade him, uh, let's say that they draft a quarterback with a number one pick, who should be the quarterback of their choice? Who should they pick? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. You have a kind of an unusual circumstance. First of all, you know, just sort of taking straw poll, you know, I was down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, and you know, I'm, I'm making a lot of calls this week, prepping for, for the combine next week, and Mm-hmm. You know, you ask people with other teams, like, you know, even the ones who aren't in the running to draft a quarterback this year and might be willing to be a little bit more honest with you and stuff. But, you know, I don't know that there's a – like, if, I think if you were to ask 20 decision makers, who would they take between uh, Williams and May, and I guess even throwing Jaden Daniels in that, in that as well – uh, I'm sure there's maybe a little bit of local interest, obviously, from his ASU days, but I don't know right. that Daniels would, would get any picks. I don't know. I don't think so. I haven't heard one yet. I don't know that it's slanted as much toward Williams as a lot of these mock drafts would have you believe. All that ultimately matters would be the Bears and Ryan Poles and, and their scouting staff. And, you know, they may view it differently than, than other teams. They may be in the minority. They may be with the prevailing thought. Um, I would still guess there are probably more people who are, if not infatuated with Williams, fascinated by him and what he could bring. I mean, you know, the, the comparisons you hear are often to Patrick Mahomes, and I think there is some, some overlap to their games. I mean, I also think that Mahomes wasn't yet Mahomes when he, when he left Texas Tech, and 
you know, there, there was plenty of scary looking tape from college and theoretically Williams tape is better than what we saw from Mahomes on the whole. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, he, he's a fascinating prospect. I wish he'd have played a little bit more consistently this year, but when you think about the constraints, what he had to deal with a, a bad defense, an offensive line that, that wasn't pass protecting well, you know, and, and, feeling the pressure of having to score 45 points a week to, just to give themselves a chance to win, it helps contextualize his performance a little bit. It wasn't bad. I mean, you know, and the same with May, too. I think he finished a little bit on a down note last year. Won't be held terribly against him. Ultimately, they're trying to figure out his pro potential. But there are some people who think, man, this this kid could be special. It's almost like the debate we had with, you know, with, with Herbert and Tua and that class and, um, you know, I think Burrow was in the same group too. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was an unusual year. And I think we're going to have some of the same types of debates this year. And, you know, it may not be a, a wrong choice, so to speak, uh, if, if all three guys play the way that, that, that those three have. Talking with Eric at home from NFL media. So how do you break those three quarterbacks down? Yeah, Jaden might be the guy who can step in right away and have success because of his running ability. And, you know, the other two can, can obviously scramble as well. But I think you'd call them more pass-first quarterbacks. But, you know, even though Daniels isn't the, the most precise passer out there, he made big strides in that regard. You know, it's nice to have elite wide receiver talent, Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr. And, you know, I mean, they had speed and, and yard, yards after the catch ability. Um, you know, great, great offensive situation. A lot like Williams, too, in the sense that LSU's defense often put him in big holes and they had to come back. I mean, you know, watch the second half of the Missouri tape. It was unbelievable. You know, that's a good – that's a top 25 defense right there. So, you know, he really carried the team this year in so many ways. I think, again, he he might be able to have some immediate success and have like a, a baseline because of what he can do with his legs and – it's not Lamar Jackson, but, you know, there are shades of it where, where he can pull a rabbit out of his hat and convert first downs and also throw effectively. So, you know, what the plan is for him would be, will be fascinating. Um, maybe a team wants to wait a little bit like Mahomes or, you know, like one of these, like Lamar, for instance, you know, he had to wait till midway through his, his first year to, to really get in there and get consistent playing time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the team that drafts Caleb Williams and Drake May, I think are going to assume he's a, a, a week one starter, you know, barring injury, barring some kind of setback. And with May, you're looking at more of a Justin Herbert type kind of body uh, and maybe a game that's similar to that. I would say he plays with a little more reckless abandon at times. I'd like to see that decision-making improve a little bit. But the, the natural athletic ability he has is rare. I mean, you just look at his DNA. His whole family played at college sports. And, you know, he's, he's got, you know, baseball and basketball in his background. And, um, you know, truly an unusual player who can throw from all con- kinds of platforms and can have a lot of success. And, you know, Williams, a lot of sacks in college. Some were on him. Some were on the protection or the play call. It was an offense that – you know, had its flaws and drawbacks as far as, you know, very few safety outlets. I mean, they really didn't have much in the way of a check down game. So when the pressure was on, they just basically said, okay, Caleb, make something happen. 
and oftentimes he did. He can he can whip that ball. He can throw on the run. He can do some special things out there. But you know, you also want to see somebody who will cut down on the fumbles, cut down on the sacks, um, not play as much hero ball. And I think in the NFL with the right coaching, he can do that. And you know, he'll understand that going in. Okay, so speaking of what you want to see, what do you want to see from those three quarterbacks at the Combine next week? Yeah, I mean, you know, some of them may opt not to throw. Every year it feels like there's at least one quarterback who who sits out. I don't know what the plan is. I haven't heard much about that. I mean, you know, the interesting thing is that Caleb doesn't have an agent right now, neither does Marvin Harrison Jr. that I'm aware of. He might. I mean, I'm – you know, he might have somebody who's uh, negotiating or, you know, working on his contract. But, um, you know, as far as making decisions on these things, you know, maybe it's left to the, the player and they just decide, okay, I'm going to throw or not. Combine throwing sessions to me are not all that important. But being live in the stadium last year as I was for the first time, I'd always watched it on TV. I'd never seen it in person. You do get to see the ball. It, 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 I mean, it. there is something to the eye test and seeing the passes up close and and kind of hearing the throws it's eerily quiet in there too and you know hearing the ball kind of whistle through the air it gives you an idea of uh, of what kind of passes these guys are throwing how many rpms they can they can generate and you know how tight their throws are things like that you know but it's mostly about footwork touch feel you know just as long as they can make most of the throws I'm not too worried about accuracy with the receiver that they met 10 minutes ago, that sort of thing. I mean, if you sort of keep it within a reasonable range and aren't spraying the ball, <laughs> you know, five yards out of bounds, then uh, most of these guys think you can chalk up as a successful week. Uh, who's the fourth quarterback, in your opinion? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I if I had to guess who will be drafted fourth, I'd say J.J. McCarthy. But, you know, and – this isn't meant to be a knock on Michael Penix or Bo Nix or, or Tyler, or I mean, Michael Pratt from Tulane or, you know, any of the quarterbacks who were down at the senior bowl, they all had at least one solid day or, you know, or, or good performance overall. Spencer Rattler was pretty good down there too, but I think McCarthy was able to make gains by not participating in the senior bowl. I mean, he's got a small sample size as far as throws go. I mean, you're not, you know, this is a Michigan team that ran the ball 30 straight plays one game this this year. They were predicated on overpowering people. They didn't ask McCarthy to make a ton of plays. But when they had to, and, you know, there were times when he did, third downs, fourth quarters, he sort of had that, that clutch gene, whatever you want to – whatever value you want to place on that. So there's a bit of a mystery around him right now. Um you know, obviously Jim Harbaugh is sort of going on the record as saying that he's the best Michigan quarterback ever, right? Better than him, better than Brady, <laughs> better than, you know, all the other NFL guys. But I I think there are enough teams, whether it's the Broncos or the Raiders or, you know, that, that second wave of teams that are looking for a quarterback, uh, second wave of the draft, I should say. Um, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up going pretty darn high and, there might even be a scenario where he goes ahead of Daniels, really. I mean, I don't – you know, we're – it's still early. I don't – I always tell people, don't start writing your mocks in ink yet, right? This is this is still a time when uh, when when a lot can change. 
Okay, one last thing on the quarterbacks, or one last thing, period, here. I didn't actually anticipate this to be an entire quarterback thing, but that's what it's turned out to be. That's fine. Uh, Michael <laughs> Penix. Uh, his season-ending injuries when he was in Indiana, is is that of a concern for some NFL teams? Oh, absolutely. And the combine's where we get to find out a lot about him, right? I mean, he, he even had the ankle <clears> – <throat> excuse me, <clears throat> pardon me <clears> – <throat> even had the ankle injury in the national championship game. And there's this, you know, I mean, body of work that suggests that, you know, two shoulder injuries, two ACLs, you know, a bunch of other stuff along the way. I think his back tightened up at one point. That, that's a, a long medical record right there that has to be gone through. And, you know, some teams may decide to put him on their subboard. Some teams may take him off their board altogether. You know, there's probably going to be one of those little red pluses by his name on most draft boards, which is medical risk, injury risk. You know, teams do it differently. But, yeah, I mean, his last two seasons, and you've seen him sling the ball. I mean, you know, what, he, tell me he doesn't remind you a little bit of Michael Vick throwing the ball. Lefty, you know, just yeah. that sidearm kind of sling that he does. He's not Vick as a runner. But, you know, it's it's hard not to get a little – fascinated by what his potential is i mean he might have the best pure arm talent in this class you could argue so there's a lot to like about him got to the national championship game played well this this year beat bo Nix three times in his career i mean the question is you know the age is he's about the same age as joe burrow coming out that shouldn't be a massive issue it really comes down to the injury factor and, and how he how he tests uh, behind the curtains his deep ball reminds me of Warren Moon. I didn't think I'd ever say that about anybody. So that's right. pretty, pretty, yeah, that's about the biggest compliment I can come up with as far as uh, his deep ball. Yeah, and that's, All right. you know, that's the kind Go of ahead. player that he might have to become, you know, just the guy yeah. who sits back and peppers people all day and gets rid of it quickly. He's good at that. If he has an offensive line, I wouldn't want to be a defense. That would be that would be painful. Right. All right, Eric. All right, Eric. I appreciate it as always. I'm sure we'll be checking back. Thanks as always. This has been great. Have a great day. You too, Eric. At home, NFL media, excellent stuff there.